The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. For the last 50 years, Mount Hermon Writers Conference has been the premium writers conference, the ultimate writers conference, the one everybody aspires to, the one that makes arguably the most number of writers into authors. That is until 2020, when not only was the 2020 Mount Hermon conference canceled, but all future conferences were canceled as well. And Steve Lobby, the president of the Steve Lobby Agency and the president of the Christian Writers Institute has stepped in to try to save Mount Hermon. And that is what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Christian Publishing Show, we're going to talk about the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference, Christian Writers Conferences, and so much more. So, Steve Lobby, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Oh, thank you for having me. So, what is Mount Hermon, and why is it so? Why is it so special? Well, the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference itself is a very unique place, partly because the campground itself is set in the redwoods of north Northern California. I mean, you can walk around redwoods that have been there for 2,000 years or more. It's just extraordinary. And Very similar it, to the forest moon of Endor, if any of you have seen the uh, Star Wars movie <laughs> with the little um, teddy bear creatures. The, the third or sixth one, depending on how you count, uh, was filmed in that same redwood forest of Mount Herman, that Mount Hermon is connected to. There's no Ewoks at the conference, though. Well, I didn't want to tell you that I was one of them, but that's (laughs) that's another story. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, I've been going to this conference for a quarter of a century, at least, 25 years. And for one thing, a writer's conference is unique in that it's writers in community. I mean, you can do a virtual conference. In fact, there's many of them happening right now. Uh, I know of two that happened this past week. Uh, I'm participating in one this coming week. Uh, But being in person is unique. And in this particular setting among the Redwoods, it is really quite amazing to be close to nature and to God's creation in, in that regard. The other aspect of the conference itself, having been around for 50 years, it's venerable. It's well-known. It's the, uh, as you said, it's the gold standard. And so great faculty come there looking for the new talent. And it is really incredible, the number of authors that have either found their start or been jump-started by that particular event. I was talking to one this weekend, and she went to Mount Hermon 10 years in a row and sold 10 books in a row at that conference. And I just, wow, can you be a testimonial for this? Because that's, <laughs> that's exactly why we're trying to save this. Now, I want to make sure we, we distinguish for our listeners. Mount Hermon Conference Center is one thing. The Mount Hermon Christian Writers Center, Writers Conference, is a separate entity. For those 50 years, the Mount Hermon organization underwrote the Writers' Conference as an event that was held on their grounds. But because of COVID-19, they had to cancel the 2020 edition. And then when they were looking towards 2021 in the future, they were looking at the budget expense of running that particular conference and decided they, they had to cut it from, <clears throat> from the budget. 
which meant there's no sponsor. There's no one paying for the rooms. There's no one paying for the food. There's no one, you know, paying for the facility and the use of the facility. But they came, they basically agreed that they would be very helpful and supportive if we came in as an outside guest group and rented their facility. That's the difference. So it's I mean, the same classrooms. It's the same speakers. It's the same staff. But the difference is the organization taking the financial risk to put on the conference is no longer Mount Hermon. It's now going to be the Christian Writers Institute. Correct. And that's a big difference. I mean, it would be like the Christian Writers Institute wanting to do a writers conference at the Sheraton downtown. You would have to pay the Sheraton for the rooms, for the banquet hall, for the catered food, for everything else that happens during that event. Well, in this case, it's Mount Hermon. And Mount Hermon is gracious enough to say, well, if you have it here, you can use our name because this is where it is and it creates continuity for the last 50 years. And one of the things I like is that the Christian Writers Institute is kind of the perfect organization to partner with uh, the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference because they're both from that same generation. So both organizations were started in that early evangelical fervor of when Billy Graham was young in the 1940s, 1950s. They're both 50-year-old-plus organizations, and um, it only makes sense that they would work together you know, at last <laughs> on the conference moving forward. Well, actually, if you look at the ChristianWritersInstitute.com website and look at our history, you will see a picture of Billy Graham with the founder, Robert Walker, in 1945. And that's when the Institute began. Mount Hermon itself began in 1969. So putting the two together, wow, that's really amazing. And I will say, on this podcast, I interview a lot of award-winning authors, a lot of best-selling authors, and I hear their stories. And the number one conference mentioned, I think as much as all the others combined, is Mount Hermon. Right? I'll be interviewing somebody, they're a Christie Award winner, a Carol Award winner, and they're like, and I, I often ask the question, how did you first become a published author? Right? Because that's the real question, right? Somebody's some famous person. Like, yeah, but how did you get started? Because I know you started off as a nobody. And so often they're like, well, I went to this conference, Mount Hermon. And uh, then the, the story either is, and I went over and over again, and finally I got a contract, or my very first year I got a contract, and the rest is history. But um, there's a reason why so many published authors who don't go to conferences anymore are helping out with the kind of to, to save the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference, and it's because they're grateful for the career that was started there. Yeah, it's exactly right. The beauty of Mount Hermon is that it's also very diverse in not just the people that come and even the faculty and you know because diversity means different things to different people now but I, I'm talking about in the types of writing education that's available I mean there are tracks for fiction authors for the first timer there's also for nonfiction, but there's also for magazine authors I mean I know of one lady that she came to Mount Hermon with this grand idea that she was going to get her book published and she realized very quickly that the hill was too high to climb. And in a quick note, sitting in a, on a bench under a tree, I turned to her and I says, well, have you ever thought of writing magazine articles first? Because what you have to say is really insightful, but I'm not sure it could fill 60,000 words. But I bet you could fill 600 
or a thousand, well, her career was launched. She's written hundreds of articles and is published in a wide range of magazines. And guess what? She has a new book coming out next year. It all started with one idea under a tree at Mount Hermon when someone was just saying, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. And an industry professional like myself or others would say, well, have you thought about this? And magazine writing is so powerful because if you're one, if your goal is to change the world, if your goal is to reach people, a magazine or even blogging or even podcasting will reach more people faster, right? A, a magazine has a guaranteed readership. People have already purchased their subscriptions. Blogs have built in uh, readership and podcasts have built in subscribers. And it's a really powerful way of getting your message out there. And that's one of the interesting things about this conference is that while it is a writer's conference and while people go there primarily to turn their ideas into books, it's not just about that. It's about ultimately how can you make the world a better place with the ideas that you have or with your story. I've also had authors who went to Mount Hermon who were already accomplished writers. So they weren't there to pitch anything. They weren't there to try to get a new contract. They used it as a writing retreat, a forced writing retreat. It's not like going to their local hotel and just being by themselves for four days. They would go into their in, to Mount Hermon. They would be able to walk in the redwoods, talk to people, go in their room and write for hours. But when they come out, they're in a community of like-minded people. And they were able to minister to others, be ministered to, and came away completely refreshed. And it thought, because I, I was so surprised, I said, so why are you coming? You're not <laughs> going to take any classes? I mean, you're not even on faculty. And she, she said, well, no, there's, I'm not here for that. I'm here to get away, to write. Yes, you know, it's an investment, but I think it's an investment in my spiritual life as well as in my writing. And my goodness, that's brilliant. Now, let's jump in a little bit and talk about those classes, because I'll say that is a little unusual that someone would go and not go to any of the yes, classes. Yes, it is unusual. <laughs> and right. it's not what we necessarily recommend. Although, if you want to buy, you know, if you want to back the Kickstarter and come and just write, you're more than welcome to do that. This is a conference for adults, so there's no no one in taking attendance at the back of the room and giving you demerits or <laughs> writing down your grade. But um, let, let's talk about kind of for somebody who's never been to a writers' conference before, what happens at a writers' conference? What are the different kinds of Certainly. things that happen? Sure. Well, the main, one of the main things is because this is over four days, you have uh, a major morning session. So this would be one teacher on one topic like fiction or nonfiction writing. And you will hear from them for an hour, hour and 20 minutes early in the morning, say around nine o'clock, then a break, and then you'll hear them again for session two that same morning. So you're with that teacher for a couple hours, a little more than a couple hours that first morning, and then you have lunch. You have That happens the next day and the next day and the next day. So you have the same teacher giving you intensive information over a period of time. When I taught years ago, I taught a Mount Hermon Writers Conference on the complete book writing process. And I literally started with, how do you find your ideas? Then how do you put them together? Then 
how do you sell it to an editor or an agent? Then what happens if it's contracted? What does a contract look like? Then what's the editing process? Then what's the publication process? You cannot do that effectively in 60 minutes. It has to be done over multiple hours over a long, uh, over multiple days. The afternoons then you have electives. So if you've ever gone to a university setting or even high schools now have electives, you have your core courses, that would be your major morning. But then you have the electives in the afternoon. Say there's a class on screenwriting or say there's a class on how do you handle Instagram? Well, I don't even know what that is. And you can take a class from an expert who can teach you how to work these things. This is a way of expanding your understanding. It's kind of like Boy Scout camp. The major morning track are like the Eagle required merit badges and the elective workshops are the other merit badges. You know, you need a certain number of merit badges to get your Eagle, but only some of them are required for everyone. So first aid, everybody has to take it, but your computer's merit badge, that's optional. Then you also have the thing that I tell people that if you're writing nonfiction, you also need to take some fiction classes because you're telling stories. They just happen to be true. And there's ways of telling stories in a technique, in a fiction technique. In addition, faculty, primarily uh, publishers and editors, want to have appointment times with the conferees, the people who are coming there. And you can set up that time. You go sit in a corner somewhere. You pitch their idea to them. They can listen to you. They can give you some advice, usually 15-minute uh, sessions, sometimes longer, depending on the situation. Also, lunchtime, the both uh, lunches and dinners, at least at Mount Hermon in the past. We don't know if COVID's going to change some of that dynamic, but uh, there will still be the opportunity where faculty members sit at a table. Each one has their own table, and the incoming students can then sit with Steve Lobby or uh, sit with... Um, I don't know, James Scott Bell, if he's a uh, happens to be on faculty, some other faculty member. And then during that mealtime, you can pitch your ideas, talk to each other, learn from, it's like a miniature class sometimes. And then, of course, there's, you know, MC, an MC at the front who's guiding the conversation and interviewing people. And it's all very engaging and entertaining, uh, keeping you going. Then there's general sessions at night with a main speaker. And this is usually someone who is very well published, uh, well known in their field. I mean, past speakers have been people like Jerry Jenkins and Liz Curtis Higgs and Mark Batterson and others like of that caliber that are best-selling authors who have come in and uh, inspire everybody. And there's worship time, there's singing uh, there's award sessions. There's book signing parties at night. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that happen. And and an the like keynote this. speakers also have a table, right? So it's not just sitting down with Steve Lobby. I remember sitting down with Liz Curtis Higgs um, at, at uh, Mount Hermon one year, and I just was asking her about her process for preparing for a speech because she gives 100 talks a year. Uh, sometimes I think 200 talks a year. And I was curious and she broke down for me in about 10 minutes, her methodical approach to guarantee that she never repeats an anecdote. So she can give a talk at the same place three different times 
in a decade and not share the same anecdote and yet keep everything alive and fresh. And that was like totally worth the whole trip to the conference, being able to learn from one of the you know most sought after speakers uh, in the industry. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then the final uh, element is the night owl. So there's optional night owl sessions. And one of the things that Mount Hermon does that's very unique with the night owls is that anyone can propose a night owl. You don't have to be faculty to teach a night owl. You don't get paid for it, <laughs> but uh, it's selected sometimes at the very last minute. And this is actually, a lot of people may not know this, but this is how I got my start as a faculty speaker. I pitched a night owl session. I went to night, uh, Mount Hermon as an attendee back when I was pitching uh, f- for a book that I was writing, and I was also kind of building websites on the side. And I did a night owl session, and I had standing room only at the night owls on social media for authors. This is back in 2008 or 2009. And so many people came to that night owl and requested that I come back as faculty the next year. And so I ended up being invited as faculty. And that's what got me started speaking at writers' conferences. And so if you have a good idea for a night owl session, you might get selected to do the night owl. And who knows? You know, for me, it helped kick off a career of speaking at writers' conferences. What made it more interesting is you were 10 years old at the time. It may have been one of the youngest uh, night owl sessions ever delivered at Mount Hermon, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, two years later, I taught a major morning track. So I came back and did some kind of workshops in the afternoon, and then those were well-received. And then the next year, I came back to do a major morning track on marketing, where I was able to really go through step-by-step how to put together a marketing plan, how all the pieces work together, which is one of the things I like about major morning tracks is that you're able to, to teach individual pieces, but also teach how they connect, right? So you can talk about websites for an hour, and you can talk about email for an hour, and then you can talk about how they work together and how, every, you know, and the same thing for nonfiction. And there's also, we should say, there's a getting started track. So if you've never been to a writer's conference before, you really should go to that track. Uh, start at getting started, because if you don't learn the lessons easily and getting started track you will learn them the hard way later and it no will kidding be very painful yeah. it's no there's no shame in being a beginner because we all started somewhere i mean goodness i started as an editor for bethany house publishers and attended my first writers conference not knowing what a writers conference was and i was on faculty <laughs> i mean i literally knew nothing i was brand new in the industry but a local event here in the phoenix area had a writer's conference and they invited me to come. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't even know there was such a thing. So how did I learn? I sat in the back of everyone else's classes and took notes. And I did that year after year after year. And I learned from other great teachers on how to put together book proposals. I learned about the the, cra- the industry and everything else. Plus, I was voracious as a reader. But I used the writer's conference uh, experience in my own beginning. And here I am, you know, whatever. I've been in editing, agenting. Oh, gosh, we don't want to use the number. But it's been decades. And it all started very humbly. And the writer's conference was a way to do it. I still remember when I became first became an agent. I went to a writer's conference as faculty. And I thought, okay, yeah, I know how to teach these classes. But then there was another agent giving a class on how to be an agent or what it means to, <laughs> to work with your agent. And I sat in the class. And, of course, when I walked in, my competitor was like, 
what are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I went, I want to learn from you, man. You're, you're one of the best. And he was just like, oh, okay. And I picked up a couple things. That I thought, oh, that's an interesting way of doing it. I hadn't thought of that before. This is why conferences are so important. You need to be a lifelong learner if you're a writer. You will never achieve perfection in your understanding of this industry. I've been doing this for many decades, and I, goodness, I learn stuff every week that has never happened before. The industry changes dramatically. Technology, goodness sake. I mean, Amazon reviews didn't exist 20 years ago. And the other thing that's really nice, it's not just about learning from the sessions, and it's not just about you know chances to pitch agents and you know, pick brains of experts at mealtimes, but it's also about connecting with other authors. One of the things I've noticed, especially at Mount Hermon, is that each year of people who are the first-timers at Mount Hermon, especially if they go to the Getting Started track and don't think that they're the exception and they get to skip that one, that you become kind of like a graduating class with all of the other first-timers, and they often become friends and stay friends throughout their career, where it's kind of like going back to Mount Hermon's like going to a high school reunion, and you've got this group of allies. And once you become famous, you are still friends because you were friends back before you were famous because you were all writers at the getting started track together you know asking really basic questions like what's the difference between a one sheet and a query letter right like once you get that out of the way and being with people who heard you ask those questions when you're asking more advanced questions like you know how do i negotiate movie rights with a major hollywood studio what do i do with you know foreign language rights right it's it's different and it's really important to have those friends who knew you Um, before the gloss of celebrity starts to kind of keep you from knowing who your real friends are. Well, and one thing about Mount Hermon has been that reunion feel, a new, a different family. Now, there are a couple other conferences across the country that I attend that that same feel occurs. I mean, you, you, you have this feeling at ACFW or at Blue Ridge. These are people who come back to their favorite place year after year. You know, Blue Ridge is on the East Coast. Mount Hermon's on the West Coast. Uh, ACFW tends tends to stay in the middle of the of the country to make it more available. And ACFW is all fiction all the time, so it's a unique conference in that regard. And Realmakers is all nerds all the time. <laughs> Realmakers is all <laughs> science fiction and speculative fiction. And again, the same thing. It's the camaraderie of fellow writers because you might be in a home where no one understands your affliction and your affliction is you're a writer. And uh, that's, it's not unusual. They say, nobody understands that when I'm staring out the window, I'm working. (laughs) Don't interrupt mommy. That, that's that's a, a really good point. And I will say being able to not feel alone is so valuable. And I think especially now as we're all locked down, having those, you know, having at least started the relationship in real life, even if you're mostly interacting through a digital medium, really makes a, a difference. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, that's what the getting started track is for. <laughs> like the conferences can help with that. And a lot of people, they skip that getting started track. And I really feel like that's a mistake because then they go around feeling overwhelmed because they didn't, you know, they jumped straight into calculus and didn't take pre-calculus and it makes it way harder. So, yeah. I, and if you don't take 
algebra before you take pre-calculus, <laughs> it's even worse. So, <laughs> That's <laughs> right. And if you don't know the language, right, you're trying to do math. Let's say you know you're learning math in Spanish. Your native English uh, language is English. It makes it all the more difficult, right? So there's all these things you got to learn. And a lot of people think, well, I got A's in English, so I'm going to become a best-selling author. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Just this morning, as an agent, I got an email from one of my clients who received a royalty statement from a publisher for the first time from that publisher. And his statement to me says, I should have taken accounting in college because I don't understand what this is. It's like written in a foreign language. And I, so I kind of laughed. And I said, well, this is what you're looking at. I think is, you know, this is what you're seeing. And then I said, and to make things worse, my worse, my friend, is that every publisher is different when it comes to their royalty statement. It's like it's the same language, but it's a different dialect. And I happen to know all the dialects. And he just wrote back, says, so you have a PhD in publishing, eh? <laughs> Like basically, that's uh, funny. Now we should talk about Kickstarter and how Kickstarter works because just because we have big plans for Mount Hermon 2021 doesn't mean that Mount Hermon 2021 is actually going to happen. So right now the campaign is on Kickstarter, and we put together a budget for how much it was going to put uh, to cost to do the conference. And it was interesting. So we started the budget. We're like, oh, doing conferences, that's not very expensive, right? Everything looks cheap until you actually know the details. So we started working on the details. and like, oh, yeah, we have to pay for food. It's like, oh, yeah, you have to fly people in. And, oh, yeah, you have to pay for faculty. And so um, – And liability insurance. I mean, just what? Oh, okay. So if you go on the Kickstarter – if you go to kickstarter.com and you don't know how to find our – page, just type in the search engine H-E-R-M-O-N, Herman. Not Herman like the name, but Mount Herman like the Bible. So it's H-E-R-M-O-N. And if you do that, boom, ours will come up very quickly. It actually ranks for number two for the word Mount, so you don't even have to type in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Very so cool. Mount or Mount Herman, or just do a search. Uh, it, it's it, it's ranking pretty well in the publishing. We also have a link in the show notes at christianpublishingshow.com. But how Kickstarter works is that it's all or nothing. So if we don't hit the goal of $200,000, the conference doesn't happen. And that's the kind of go-no-go no go price for making a conference of this caliber happen. This isn't a budget conference this isn't a, like one speaker speaking all day and that's it this is a full multi-track multi-room conference and if it doesn't fund you're not charged your credit card is not charged which means that this is in many ways a test like do authors want the conference to happen are they willing to buy a ticket are they nervous to buy a ticket for a conference because you know these are uncertain these are unprecedented times to quote the cliche right and if and if that's the case and enough authors are too afraid to buy a ticket then we will know and the conference won't happen which is why we're doing it on kickstarter and we're trying to be as transparent as possible right everyone can see how much money has come in everyone can see how many backers there are everyone can see the budget right it's yeah, like i actually hey. put it on the back of a napkin and <laughs> posted it on the page itself so you can see that i'm not making these things up I mean, this is, we, we said, these are real numbers. This is how much it costs to put on an event of this size and of this caliber and in this location. That's right. And, um, but it's not charity. If you donate to help the campaign happen, 
It's not a tax-deductible contribution, and you get rewards. Now, the rewards are optional, and some people are donating just because out of the goodness of their heart or out of gratitude for the transformation that Mount Hermon has brought in their life, they're backing and they're not asking for a reward in exchange. But most people who back Kickstarter campaigns and most people who've backed this Kickstarter campaign are asking for one of the awards. And so real quick, let's just go through the different reward levels and how this works is if you back at a certain amount of money, you get the reward for that uh, level. So if you think about like backing um, PBS, I remember when I was a kid and I used to watch lots of um, PBS, <laughs> they would have the pledge drive, right? You get a, if you donated $25, you got a mug. And if you donated $100, you got a t-shirt or whatever. It's similar, except the rewards are way cooler than that. So at $10, you get a, the 2021 edition of the Christian Writers Market Guide, which if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you have heard about. <laughs> um, this is the guide on a list, the list of all the agents and editors and uh, freelance editors, conferences, contests, contests, and more. In fact, a lot of people have been asking me in the last couple of weeks, I wish there was a list of all of the reputable contests I could enter my book in to win. And I'm like... There is. It's the last chapter of the Christian Writers Market Guide. Just keep turning pages. You'll get to it at the end. Um, and this isn't listed on the Kickstarter campaign, but we'll tell you here. It won't just be the PDF version of the 2021 edition. We will also give you a free one-year access to the online Christian Writers Market Guide, which is updated continually. So if in November of 2021 you log in, you'll see the November 2021 details. So if some ed- editors have you know, move to different publishers, you'll get all that cutting edge information. So that's the $10 reward level. At the $50 reward level, there's a special bundle of courses from the In Christ- addition to the market guide. So each level gets adds more rewards for, so you get what the previous level is plus the current level. So it's kind of like the, um, you know, steak knives infomercials like, but wait, there's more (laughs) at the $50 level. You get that, um, Christian writers market guide, but you also get a special 11 course bundle of courses from the Christian writers Institute. This is almost like a whole additional mini conference in recorded format. If you you can buy this bundle separately for $128, or if you buy back the Kickstarter campaign, and if the Kickstarter campaign funds, then you get this and the market guide for only 50 bucks. And then at the $200 level, you get all of that plus recordings from the 2021 conference delivered after the fact. So if you, you're nervous about COVID, you don't want to come to the conference, but you still want to support the conference and you still want to listen in on the sessions, this is the level for you. And for, you get the courses, you get the market guide, and you get afterwards the mp3s and delivered you can listen to on your computer or on your phone Um, there's no plans that i know of to do a virtual like live version of this conference we're not trying to like live stream mount herman's biggest benefit being in the middle of the woods is also its biggest weakness this is not like the middle of silicon valley where we can live stream with high high speed internet they do have wi-fi there but i don't know if they would like it if we were streaming multiple rooms simultaneously i think that might be more internet than the forest mood of indoor can support (laughs) (laughs) um so the 500 hundred dollar level is different from the other levels in actually it comes to everything we talked about already but it's the sponsorship level so if you are wanting to sponsor the conference this comes with everything in the previous levels plus your book or your 
company logo featured on the sponsorship page on the website on the at the conference in the brochure we're going to put your logo in a whole bunch of different places and this level is not included in most of the subsequent levels so um, because most people don't have a book to or a company to sponsor this is more geared for already published authors and and companies or editors or somebody who has a service that they're wanting to target authors so now uh, we get into the actual tickets. <laughs> so all of those levels you can back and you don't have to come. In fact, you can't come because you don't have a ticket. Uh, the next level is the uh, it's $1,275 in its registration plus a shared room. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about the shared room. Well, it's basically you'd have a, a roommate. Um, it would be like if you and one of your friends want to uh, share the room, then, then that's how it works. Or you're going to be assigned someone and that's just how these events work uh the and also i have to remind people it's not just a room it's also board it's the food as well so all the meals are also included in this because uh, i had someone say so do i have to bring my own food and i went no uh yeah this is registration room and board and it's pretty much included and registrations included in the price so you have your, you know, your cost for the room, but also the cost for registration. They're not separate entities. They're the same thing in one bundle. And we have various levels. We have the uh, shared room. We have the uh, private room, which is pretty much the same thing, but you don't have anybody else with you. And then there's a deluxe private room, which you know, those are really nice rooms. They Many times they'll have a separate couch and other things of that nature and every room has its own bathroom these aren't dormitories with a bathroom down the hall uh it's nothing like that these are these are nice places and you know the the cabins that those of you who have conned to mount herman before that you can stay in those will not be a part of the 2021 event they have had to close them all for health reasons uh, primarily it's a cleaning issue um, to keep them sanitized would be too much for the existing staff and so it would be in hotel settings i mean there's what they call lodges and these are set up like hotels with a with key entry key entry from the outside key entry on the inside just like you would be at a a, a very secure location so you don't have strangers wandering up and down the hallways of the hotel it's just you can't even get in without a key and the genders are kept separate. So this oh, is not co-ed lodge. We, should, no. we shouldn't have to say that, but it is 2020, so we do want to specify. And I will say, for some people, having a roommate was the best thing to happen at the conference because they end up becoming really good friends with their roommate. Other people, they have a friend, author friend, who's come to the conference with them and they want to share a room, and you can request um, somebody. It helps if they request you back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not relationship counselors, so if somebody doesn't want to stay with you, you know. But um, if you don't want to deal with all of that and you just want to have room to yourself, that's what the solo rooms are for. And then there's one final level that's the deluxe private room plus everything in the $500 sponsorship level. So this is for an author who's wanting to – or an industry professional who's wanting to promote their thing. Um and, you know, we already have a backer at that level. So I wasn't sure if anyone was going to want that level, but somebody is backed. We have actually people have signed up for all of these different uh, levels. There is a limit for each one. So, you know. Because there's a limited number of rooms. This is how, this is kind of how we're doing it. Now, it, you know, the chances of 
all of Mount Hermon's uh, campgrounds selling out is very small. But what for the purposes of this Kickstarter campaign, we're trying to achieve the minimum number of dollars that it's going to take to put this thing on. Because you have to remember, as an outside group, we have to put we have to guarantee a certain number of rooms and pay for them. If people don't come, we don't get the money back. So this is why we're asking for the registration now so that we know we can pay for the rooms. If there's more people than what we, you know, uh, are needed to fund the campaign, there's room for us. There's room for everybody. I've been at this conference where they've had 400 people show up and there's not been a single person who's left homeless. So they can handle a lot of people on this campground because they do massive church family camps and other things of that nature. Uh, so it's it's really a quite an amazing facility. But you can see, again, transparency. You get to see exactly how many rooms are left at each level. And it could be that a certain price point will sell out. So while there's still rooms to get, the only rooms to get are deluxe or vice versa. So we don't know which ones will sell out faster. We do know that the nicer the room is, the fewer of them there are uh, available. And you can follow that in real time. You can also follow the progress of the campaign in real time. So if you're curious, hey, are you on track? Are you going to fund what's going to happen? Just since we've been recording this episode in the last 30 minutes, we have crossed the threshold and we're now at $30,000. So um, a new backer came in. We're, when we started recording, it was 29000 something, and now it's 30000 something. Hopefully when you hear this, the number will be higher than that because uh, 30000 seems like a lot until you realize that we have to get to 20000 So there's still a ways to go. But every... 200,000. 200, not 20. Yeah, sorry, 200,000. But every person who backs, if you buy a ticket, you're getting us at least half a percentage point there. And if you and a friend buy a ticket, you're more than 1% of the whole way. So it really does make a difference in terms of the progress. And even if, you know, all you do is you back at the $50 level to get those free courses and get the free access to the Christianers Market Guide, that's still a really good deal for all of those courses. And you're also helping make the conference happen, which helps the conference exist for next year. So maybe you're like, I don't know if I want to go this year, but I really want the conference to still exist so I can go in the future. Well, this is the moment. <laughs> this is that's the true. year. to, to if, we, if we can fund 2021, Sorry, Thomas, I interrupted you. But if we can fund 2021, then that tells us that 2022 is more than likely a viable option. And we won't have to do a Kickstarter the following year. Because the problem right now is we don't know if anybody is going to come. And this is the way to do it. And it's a way to underwrite the initial investment and guarantee that it's going to happen. After that point, then it becomes the typical guaranteeing rooms and the risk and all of that other stuff. But uh, at this point, with the, uh, the nature of our world today, we're just not quite sure how people are going to respond for something that's going to take place at the end of March. It's March 26th through 30, which is Palm Sunday weekend. That's the traditional um, time for this event. So it moves every year according to when Easter happens. and so, But it's always in the March-April time frame every single year and that makes it even better because it's a wonderful weather uh you know many the cherry tree is is in full bloom usually and 
uh, it's uh, quite an extraordinary place. I will say I've spoken at pretty much all of the conferences, Christian Harris conferences, west of the Mississippi. I almost never get invited to speak east of the Mississippi. It's fascinating. But west of the Mississippi, I've spoken at almost all of them, uh, including uh, many of the ones in Canada. And the Mount Hermon grounds are the prettiest, <laughs> I will say. The other conferences have things to commend them, and they may be the better fit for you, right? If you're writing fantasy or science fiction, Mount Hermon, there'll, you'll, there'll be some fantasy and science fiction writers there. Uh, and we often, uh, some meals will have like themes, right? Around breakfast, all the fantasy sci-fi writers will get together and all the nerds will hang out and whine about the most recent Star Wars and how terrible it was. Um, <laughs> but if you want to go to a whole conference of that, then Realm Makers may be a better fit for you. Or if you're you know, mostly into podcasting and writing's kind of a side thing for you, maybe Spark is the better conference for you. But when it comes to like a, a signature conference specifically for writers that, that hits all the bases, Mount Hermon really is kind of the one at the... Um, top of the pyramid in, in some regards of kind of being something for everyone and those redwood trees I, I do recommend you budget some time to go walk in the wet redwoods don't spend all of your time pitching agents because those redwoods are <laughs> quite majestic well you can go to the blue ridge conference which is the gorgeous mountains of that area and the the, the trees in the forest but it's just you're not surrounded inside the conference grounds with the trees I mean, seriously, every, I mean, literally every kind of uh, redwood that is available in the world is in Mount Hermon. They actually have every kind, they even transported some that weren't there and planted them 70 some odd years ago. And those things are like 80 feet tall. It's incredible. If you want to find out more about this Kickstarter campaign, it is the sponsor of today's episode. So the Christian Writers Institute, our normal sponsor, is sponsoring today, but the course of the week is this Kickstarter campaign, and it does come with that bundle. And you can find out more at kickstarter.com. We'll also have a link directly to the page in the show notes. Um, we hope to see you there. We hope to save this conference, right? Imagine knowing 20 years from now when this conference is still going that in that moment of crisis when all seemed black that you were one of the ones to come and stand in the gap to help keep the conference going to keep the chain unbroken right that's that's some really cool legacy stuff right there that happens even in addition to all of the benefits of coming to the conference and all of the other benefits of backing um, the Kickstarter campaign. So we really um, would love for your help. And if you can't afford to help, we know this is a really difficult time for a lot of folks. If all you do is post about it on Facebook or share a link to a friend who might be interested, that is really helpful because a lot of people heard that the conference was canceled and now we need all of those same people to hear that there's a chance to bring the conference back. And so if you shared the news that the conference was canceled, please also share the news that the conference can be saved. Thank you for listening to The Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit christianpublishingshow.com.